Welcome to the Fins Magazine Podcast. This is Pat with Fins Magazine, All Things Mermaid. I am delighted that we have Miss Morgana Alba, owner of Circus Siren Entertainment and a plethora of other hats she wears in our studio today. Hi, Morgana. Hi, Pat. I'm so excited to be here. Um, so you are, I've been talking with you back and forth for a year. You were helping me out at the very beginning with Fins. We talked about Mermagicon and I've since learned you are world champion circus artist, um, Washington DC's original mermaid, owner of Circus Siren Pod Entertainment, and the list goes on. You wanna kind of describe your background and what you do in the mermaid community? Absolutely. I came to the mermaid community kind of a roundabout way, unlike a lot of mermaids who, you know, they always dream of growing up and being a mermaid. I came at it through the circus. I got involved in circus arts in college. Um, back in about 2009, I started training as an aerialist and performing. Um, started out on pole and then moved to other aerial arts and decided to kind of leave my five-year engineering degree off to the side and run away to join the circus. So that's a brilliant decision, yeah. but it has worked out. <laughs> uh, you have a very successful, happy ending in this case. It worked out. It did not look like it was going to work out for a while there. But um, so I, I became a bit of a circus generalist or a skill junkie. I, I got into um, stilts and fire, and eventually kind of set my sights on mermaiding. And for a while, I did it as a fusion act, as part of fire or part of aerial. And it wasn't until about 2012 that I would say that I like became a mermaid and started doing it as its own individual thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been a long journey. It's been you know over 10 years now, all things told. But the company was created in 2016, and it grew faster than I could have ever expected, and very organically. Just one day. I was getting more mermaid requests than aerial dance requests and had to start hiring more mermaids. And once we had a team in the tanks, it took off. We had about two years of of growth inside of six months. It took off so fast. So it sort of indicated to me that there was definitely uh, an opening in the industry. This was definitely something that the greater public really wanted to see, and it became my focus. And the rest, as they say, is history. Um, so when you, how many members do you currently have on your Circus Siren team and how do you go about building them and making sure that they are meeting all those different requirements from a safety and performance aspect? So right now we have 19 mermaids of various genders and six wranglers or support staff. And um, I always have said from the beginning, I like to hire the person, not the resume, because I find that most skills can be taught. So especially in the beginning, when I was first looking for these other mermaids to start hiring out, there, there weren't that many. There, there weren't anywhere near the number there are now in the area. And I took some people that had never been in the mermaid tail ever and put them in a mermaid tail for the first time, but they had other skills. They were circus performers or they were princess performers and they had that adaptability and that ability to work with the public directly and create magic i just needed to show them how to do it in water well um when you start looking at the um the landscape of the mermaid community it's it's really growing and then when you go and add covid it like you've got this super positive and then you know 
COVID is COVID. And I've seen your tank tours starting to be more and more prevalent. It seems to be very COVID friendly. You want to talk to us about that and where that's going? Absolutely. So the tank tours, that our tank time rentals, it's really been kind of my bright spot in COVID. COVID just ground everything to a halt. Um, my company was performing 46 out of 52 weekends of last year. We were set to be even more in 2020. And suddenly all festivals and events were canceled as they should have been for, for public safety. And schools were shut down, and rightly so, but it became a really kind of sad time for the London industry as a whole. We have three tanks, and the medium-sized one is named Frigate, because they're all named for Caesars. So we have Cup, Woman, Frigate, and Albatross. Every time it gets me. People always think it's named for the boat. And I'm like, no, no, it's it's named, well, the boat's named for the bird, so I guess, kind of, but... (laughs) It came first, near the end. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so Frigate is is a big tank. It's, it's eight feet, it stands long, it stands five and a half feet tall, it's four feet deep. So it's it's a good sized tank, but it's not so big and so overwhelming the way Albatross is at nine feet tall. And it's fairly easy to move around. How big is Albatross? Nine feet tall? And- <laughs> nine feet tall, eight in diameter, holds about 3,000 pounds. Wow. So that one's a lot more of a deal to move around. But Frigate's pretty simple. Frigate was designed to move around. And I was standing in my backyard one day in March or June watching the sort of lament of mermaids on Facebook about how all the pools were closed and it was summer now and there was nowhere to swim. And looking at this and looking at the tank and looking at this and going, well, I can fix this. <laughs> and it was a little bit sort of that light bulb moment. And much like the... The rest of my journey, it just it ended up filling a really cool niche. So they, the thing about Frigate is because it's only um, the in, internal water depth is only about four feet. It's really safe for a lot of people, regardless of how comfortable they're on the water, how much experience they have. It's very accessible that way. And then also we treat our water in such a way that kills COVID, and we limited participation to only three people per time slot. That could be like the mermaid, her photographer, her assistant, and maybe two mermaids, however they want to look up. Well, we were able to keep it small and safe and take the tank around the country and give mermaids a chance that otherwise really don't have a chance to do the tank. Mermaid tanks are a rare thing, and underwater photography is expensive from a photographer's standpoint. With the equipment. So that's not something a lot of mermaids have access to either, and it was really fun to be able to give people a chance to create this underwater magic that you know, I've really been sort of the bright spot in our COVID story <laughs> because we have shows that it never would have occurred. But it's a way to get mermaids an opportunity to grow themselves because I've, you can, there is such a big skill set required to do what your performers do. Having put on a tail once in the water, it's not easy. I mean, it, it's, there are so many people that make it look magical and it, and it is not, but when I do it, it doesn't look magical. <laughs> the reality is it doesn't look magical, um, but there, there's a skill. And so that's nice that they get to do that as well. What um, other things are you doing to help adjust with COVID with your business? I know you're still got more magic con going. You just did a beautiful calendar, which I am really excited to get mine and I may have to get a couple more, um, but they're, they're beautiful. The, the images, the artistry of the mermaids. So what all are you guys looking at doing? 
So the tank tours have been kind of our bread and butter and it got us through the summer. Now with COVID cases spiking and things getting colder, even though we heat the tank, nobody wants to get out of that water into 40 degree air. So unfortunately we had to kind of put those to bed until at least January when we hopefully have a beat on some indoor facilities that we can make safe. So right now it's really coming down to the calendar. This is the first year that we've really released a calendar. We don't typically do branded merchandise. If you've ever come to one of our shows, we have trinkets from the tank and we do merchandise directly, but it's not Circus Siren Pod branded, you know, by our whatever. Um, we don't have t-shirts, we don't have buttons. It's, just, it's never been our thing. So it's something else we've had to pivot towards with COVID is online sales, which we've also never done. It's always been buying a whatever necklace from us as part of the experience with the mermaid, not a separate situation and we were lucky to work with a really incredible photographer um, Marish Media and she came up and shot the entire calendar which amusingly was shot in Prigget. You wouldn't necessarily know it from the photos but if you get on our Instagram you'll see the behind the scenes. Um, when she finished the photo she took away the tank. You mean like all the photos where Michelle's got her hand up and those were all in the tank? Those were all in the tank. Every single mm -hmm. one of those. It's both really cool. performer and photographer because I, I haven't gotten to see all of it yet and I'm very excited. It's going to be like a Christmas present. Um, but uh, just the images I've seen that have been shared from Merman Dionysus. Dionysus, yes. Dionysus. Funny story about him. Every time we post something about him and we're like, oh, and this is Merman Dionysus, we always get comments from people that are like, um, well, Poseidon was the god of the sea. Dionysus was the god of like parties and wine. And I always have to write back, I'm like, no, trust me, he's appropriately <laughs> I gotta meet him. He's gonna be at Mermagicon, right? <laughs> he is amazing. He's another one of those performers who, when I got a hold of him, had never been in it, had been a, a merman before, had never done that kind of performance, but he was, um, he's been a model since he was little. Uh, since he was born, pretty much. He's um, an incredible hair artist. He's an incredible makeup artist. And he's got just such this this warm and, and massive personality that you can't help but, but be mesmerized by him. And even in his first year with us, his very first year with us, he became one of our most requested performers. He became a serious fan favorite. And we ended up shipping him off to other companies to work because he was so in demand. That first year he worked not just Pennsylvania Fair and some fairs in Maryland, but he worked, um, we sent him to Michigan to work with one of our sister companies and to Florida. Incredible. It's like, it's amazing to hear how much traveling like you guys do. I mean, when, you know, I live in Arizona and you're in Maryland and I met Michelle out here and she's like, oh yeah, I work with Morgana and we go, we're out at the Arizona Renaissance here. I'm like, I thought she was on the East Coast. Yep, no, but I'll be in Arizona in the middle of January. I'm going right back out. Well, I'll have to go. We'll have to meet up when you come out here. So that'd be cool. Um, but you also have, like, speaking of traveling, you have Mermagicon. And yes. that, I'm going, I'm planning on going March. What, what are the dates, March? So it's the first weekend in March, March 5th okay. or 7th. So we still have um, about four months, which is good because... We're very optimistic right now. We're still planning. We are intending to hold it. The both both venues, both the hotel and the swim venue, are currently planning to have it. But we're not really willing to put anyone's health at safe at a, at risk either. So we're a very safety first sort of company and convention. So we'll see. 
we are we're planning to have it, but it's going to definitely depend on what the landscape is come February March. So where can people go sign up for Mermagicon? Like get the details on it. What would be a good website the for us? No, is honestly the Mermagicon Facebook page. That's really the the best place to be. And then you're there. You'll find the group, the Mermagicon Mingling Group. Um, that's honestly the best group I think on Facebook. I'm just gonna plug that there. It's a great group. It's <laughs> it most of the people who have been to convention, um, a couple that haven't. So I think in total it's about 900 people because our last convention had a little over 700 people come. And it's a really warm, welcoming community because people there are just enthusiasts. They're excited. And you have this really fun mix of professionals and the instructors are in that group and the photographers are in that group. But also you get people who just found the group, haven't been to the convention yet, but just really want to go. It's an awesome place to talk all things mermaid, get any kind of advice you want, and also plan your trip. You can find roommates, you can plan your class schedule, you can get advice from people who've been before, because it's always a whirlwind of a weekend. Well, and you had made mention earlier about, um, in our other conversations, um, you had Finn Fun, Finn Folk, and Mer Taylor. Yes. Yeah, all in the same place, right? Yeah. It's honestly, I think, one of, the, one of the few places where you can have that kind of experience. And it was very important to Annie and I, when we created the convention, to instead of modeling it after some other convention styles where it's more of a fan convention, the way that, say, like Comic-Con is, or the way that a lot of mermaid conventions are, where it's a, a large meetup of people of the same interest, I really wanted to model it after an industry convention, the way that conventions are in the tech industry or the dive industry, where instead of just, oh, we all love this thing, and we all love to dress up, and we want to meet the people that we know from, from the industry, I wanted this to be classes and education and here's three of the biggest tail makers in the world and here you can touch their product you can talk to them you can see close close up the difference between this monofin and that monofin um one of our most popular classes uh, we always hold it first thing saturday morning is the first class on the docket is called what's in a tail and i'm very proud of that class because what it is is an expert in tails then laid out on the floor are Mer, Mer Taylor Spellbounds, um, Binfolk Mythics, uh, Merbellas, um, various fabric tales, various monofins. Pretty much every major common tale in the industry is laid out there, and you can come to that class. It's included in your past, totally free, and touch these tales and ask an expert, hey, what's the difference between this and that? Can I pick this up? How heavy is it? Would this monofin fit in that tail? Does that tail come with the monofin? And touch the different types of fabric tails and, and actually get that, that up close comparative experience, which most people never have the chance to have. They just have to do their research online, buy their tail, hope it's what's right for them. But here you can actually see, touch, and, and feel the difference. Well, and that is a brilliant idea because starting out as a mermaid, I've of course have a few Fin fun tails. <laughs> and um, I was gifted a fin folk tail for my birthday. Mm -hmm. And seeing those prices, that's not something you want to go buy and then be like, oh, that doesn't work for me, or I don't like that, or it's too heavy, or whatever it is. That's an awesome opportunity for people to be I able to. Tell them very personal. Like some people, like look at the fabric tails. Okay, so what I would consider. Um, medium professional grade fabric tails like what Finfolk is putting out and what Mer Taylor is putting out now are incredible tails and they're very different and it's a matter of which one works for 
for you. They're constructed differently. They're made of different materials. They, they use very different monofins. And they're both, I think, at the same sort of level for the industry. But which tail is right for you is a question that is really hard to solve online. It's, it's definitely something where if you can see it, pick it up, feel it, you're going to get an impression of, of what might work better for, for how you like to swim. Well, and if you're in a class environment too, I can also see the benefit of being in there with other people and you may notice something and the person next to you is like, oh yeah, I tried that, but that did, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's good to have the conversation around it too. Well, that's an awesome idea. I'm going to have to sign up for that class is Charlotte Hardcastle, who actually works for Surface Science Pod doing most of our tower repairs. So she's fantastic because not only does she, has she been in the industry long enough to know these different tales and how they're constructed, but because she does repairs on fabric, repairs on mythics, repairs on silicone tails, she can give you some insight into how they're constructed and to what you need to watch out for, what the long-term maintenance looks like. So there's somebody very knowledgeable there to answer all those questions. And honestly, I think it's one of the few places in the world where anyone can have that experience. Right. Well, this, this whole community, there's so many pockets of experts and there's a lot to know because I, I still struggle with monofin versus fluke versus skin versus tail versus this. You're like, eh, like there is a whole language and mm -hmm. I'm not fluent yet. I'm, I'm good enough to be dangerous. But um, when it comes to the classes that you offer, knowing that you have the range of infants to grandparents and great grandparents that attend Mermagicon, what, kind of classes do you guys have besides the tail that would so we're very proud of it being an inclusive convention it's it's definitely all ages all ability levels um all backgrounds like you can we have experts and professional mermaids that fly in from around the world and we also have people who just found out about it online and showed up and have never seen a mermaid tail in their life and want to take their very first swim class so we have our, our standbys. We do. We, we teach um, several sessions of kids intro to mermaiding a day. We teach several sessions of adult intro to mermaiding a day. Because we want to keep those classes at about eight, eight to ten people so that it stays small enough to be safe. Um, but every year we, we birth new mermaids at Mermagicon. It's one of my favorite things. So that class is always super popular. Um, we have the Mercessory class is always really popular where a uh, mermaid crafter who runs a mercessory business. Um, all you do is pay a material fee and she brings all the high-end materials, all the instruction, and you get to learn how to create a crown or a barrette or whatever the craft is for that year um, just under her instructions that you know it's going to last and be, and be beautifully made. That one's always really popular. We offer education on tanks, education on how to wear wigs underwater, how to set underwater makeup. Uh, we're looking at doing a lot more underwater posing classes this year because that's becoming a thing that, just hair management. We're literally gonna teach a class on how to manage your hair underwater. And by that, we don't mean so much- It's a thing, it's a real thing. <laughs> we already have a class on like hair, skin, and eyes, health and, and welfare and taking care of those. But this is gonna be a separate in-water class on just how to get it out of your face. Well, not being like, ugh, hair on how to execute your tricks and your flips in such a way that it doesn't end up becoming an issue and that you do get those beautiful mermaid hair photos. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm finding myself as I watch videos of watching, you know, you can see the seasoned performers because they do, they, they have it down to an art. The hair starts getting the wrong way and they just, and it's like this little hair flip and they look beautiful again. And the hair is perfectly where it's like pure shine underwater. Um, Nothing else takes practice. <laughs> speaking of practice. I've been doing fins for a year now, and you were there at the beginning, and we, I had, you know, just like your path kind of takes different places, um, I was able to meet Jeff, and he's helped me take, like, course, completely different course with fins, and through this, we're becoming more established, focusing on, like, not just mermaids, but freedivers, safety, all these, all the different professional um, industries that are tied to the mermaid industry. So we just, you have agreed to be on our advisory board, which we're very excited. Um, what, what kind of things are you looking forward to Finn's doing and being able to help us do going forward? I'm really excited that there's going to be a, a publication and sort of a central information clearinghouse for the whole industry and for bringing together all those pieces because the industry is growing so fast and it is global at this point, the major multi-million dollar industry. And we're yet to really have that, that touchstone of, of a way to tell our stories sort of to the wider populace and a way to connect with each other and what other corners of the industry are. Facebook's kind of been that a little bit. Instagram's kind of been that a little bit, but they're social media platforms. It's not the same as having uh fact-checked um, editorial and actual media behind it. And I'm really excited for there to be a, a source, an actual source for, for mermaids to find that reputable content. So certainly, like there's a lot of things in mermaid, mm -hmm. there's a lot of questions that mermaids ask. And I find curious the more I hear these answers. So mirth that's here we go. Okay. How many tails do you have? Oh crap. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. So there's, there's, oh, there's four mythics. Yeah. Four mythics. Um, three fabric tail. No, four, five fabric tails. So that's nine. Um, ugh. one, two, three, three spellbounds. Twelve. Um, one, two, three, three full silicones, three, four, four full silicones, oh, 16. I think that's it. I'm sure that I'm forgetting a tail somewhere, but yeah, let's go with 16. Okay. So next question. What is the most expensive tail? Not what you spent, just like retail new. We don't want to get it. Retail new. Um, that would have to be the Finfolk one, the, the Finfolk full silicone one that I have. It is a, uh, well, it's, it's the Black Pearl, which is a little bit internet famous as the tail goes. Uh, it hasn't seen much use. Um, I'm, I'm the second owner, and the first owner didn't really fit her, her Mersona. So I'm really excited to start using it actually in Arizona. will be its debut. Oh. Uh, and it's, it's a custom, well, it's, it's a original art piece by Finfolk. It wasn't custom made for someone. It was just born out of out of their art. And I'm really excited to be able to give it a performance home. 
I can't wait to see it. Um, so, oh, what's the cost? I mean, like, is, I don't know. I'm still learning tail costs. I just know like silicones can start at like, I've seen them $1,800. I know the other ones, I didn't buy the FinFolk, so I really don't know how much it was, but, and I know FinFun, obviously it's very entry level budget friendly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, that one was $4,800. All right. So what is your favorite tail out of your collection? Um, my favorite tail is definitely my, my Murtailer Spellbound. I have a custom Spellbound from him. It's it's beautiful. It's got huge hip fins, and it's definitely like the tail that I consider like my tail, Mersona-wise. Like it's, it's the one that is the appearance I wanted to give to the world. Um, and it's very long. It's got the slew-up fluke, so it's, it's very long. It's dark, dark purple with these copper and gold spots, and it's perfect. I'll have to go look and go through your photos and see it, because I'm still learning Mendic versus Spellbound, and there's, there's a lot. It's in my profile picture, and I'll definitely send you, send you that okay. for this podcast. Um, so, we were talking about people's first tales and how, like, unbelievable it is that sometimes we actually swim in them. What was your first tale? Oh, don't ask me that. <laughs> so because I came from the circus side, um, actually a lot of my, my first tales were not mine. Uh, they were they belonged to the various production companies I worked with as, as house costumes. My first tale, <laughs> I didn't buy my own personal tale until 2015. And um, it could have been better. It was, I bought it on eBay and it was, um, it was advertised as silicone. Um, my degree's in material engineering. I'm pretty sure it's not silicone. Um, or at least it wasn't like a nice silicone. Uh, and it was absolutely covered in glitter was the worst part. It was just coated, coated in glitter. And the scale pattern was not uh, particularly well crafted. Yeah, it was, it was, we're not going to. A learning that. experience? <laughs> yes, we're going to call it a learning experience. Yeah. My second tale, I, I learned a lot and the glow up between the first tale and the second tale is really, really quite something. I'll send you photos of those too. Those first falls are often hard, but very educational. <laughs> I'm earning so much money. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that one was $900 and a poor life decision. Okay, on that note, what's your favorite thing about being a mermaid? <laughs> Not having to shave my legs. That is a very real answer. Very, I mean, I grew up, I, I performed in circus. I've been a go-go dancer. I've done, you know, burlesque. I've done so many art forms where you're just constantly shaving your legs. And to finally have one where it's not relevant, it's really nice. Uh, career goals not shave my legs <laughs> I mean I, I would say the most rewarding part of being a mermaid is for me actually getting adults to believe in magic again because they know what the game is like they know you're not a real mermaid kids it's fun it's great to see kids reactions but for me it's watching an adult look at my performers and be like holy crap she can do this she looks like a real mermaid and there's that getting them to have that suspension of disbelief, but also getting them to realize that somebody did actually grow up to be a mermaid. 
And so that idea that your dreams might not leave that out there and that kind of magic. I like giving that back to adults. That's the most rewarding part, but my favorite part is not shaving my legs. I like that story though. I mean, I mean, not story. I like that perspective. <laughs> it is definitely my favorite thing about, it's the most rewarding part for me. I think the most important thing in the mermaid industry going forward, and then I think it needs to be discussed, is that there's been there's been this trend because so many people have had to build their companies for themselves because the industry is so young. There have been so few resources for so long that people get very protective of the knowledge they've gained through mistakes and through building it themselves and then don't want to share that knowledge. And a big part of what I'm trying to do with Mermagicon, what I do with my company, what I'm doing now with um, Circus Siren Pod has a Patreon now that has a mermaid mentoring program through it, is trying to get that knowledge out there. It's one of the reasons why I'm very excited about Finn is to take the things that some of us had to learn the hard way and make them more accessible to the industry to help it grow. And I'm really excited to see if we can get the education out there, how much more this industry is going to grow. Right. And grow in a productive and credentialed way. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Morgana. I really appreciate your time and your patience as we've been learning all of this. So um, thank you. And we will um, put all of your stats down below on our YouTube channel. And we will see you next time. I'm sure we'll be talking more. Thank <music> you.